Hello everybody and welcome to another new episode of Donating Stories. My name is Joel and I'll be your host. This week is very special to me because I'll be sharing my personal story with you guys. The journey that I've been on that led me to this moment in making this podcast. For so long, I stayed in the dark about this topic, and I really don't have any reason as to why. Like I said before, growing up with kidney disease, I never knew anyone else like me, so I just kind of kept it to myself. The condition I was born with is called chronic renal failure, or also known as chronic kidney disease, which can be abbreviated as CKD. Now, like I said, I was born with this. So I was actually born, uh, I believe it was six weeks prematurely. And with most premature babies, they really worry about the development of our lungs. But my lungs were actually fine. For me, it was my kidneys. They were incredibly small, so they were struggling to work. Now, the key word is chronic, meaning that this will last forever. It never really goes away. It stays with you your whole life. So as I got older, the kidneys continued to struggle and it became more difficult for them. So it was inevitable that I was going to have to get on the transplant list. Growing up with this, life was not that bad. Uh, There wasn't too many restrictions I had, like I wasn't allowed to play contact sports like football, hockey, things of that nature. So instead, I just played baseball. Uh, I did have to get blood work drawn and go to the doctor a little more frequently than the average kid. My mom would also have to administer something called HGH shots, that's human growth hormone shots. I can't remember the frequency of how often she had to do it. But it was enough to drive me crazy. Basically, if you have CKD, you better get used to needles. HGH shots are given to help promote growth. When you have CKD, it actually affects how you grow. So other than needles and certain sports restrictions, my life felt pretty normal. I didn't feel sick or like something was wrong with me. Now, as you go through puberty, it can be quite strenuous on the body. This is when my kidneys really began to struggle. At the age of just 17 years old, I was told it's time to get on the transplant list. Now at this point, I did start feeling some small effects. I was having trouble sleeping, I felt weaker, and it was hard to focus. Although my blood work was showing that the kidneys were starting to work less and less, Uh, I I never had to actually go on dialysis, but my doctor did an amazing thing by getting me on the list when she did, because at the age of 17 years old, I was still considered a minor, and therefore, when you're a minor, you actually become a higher priority on the list. As I mentioned in the first episode, it can take up to seven years to get a kidney, but that is for adults. I was on the list for only one whole year. On October 3rd, 2014, I had received a kidney transplant. It was incredibly nerve-wracking. I was actually at work when I received the phone call. Now, the way it works is, once you're actually on the list, 
At any moment, you can receive a phone call. Like I said, for me, I had to wait one whole year. So for a year straight, at any moment, I was waiting for that phone call. And I just so happened to be at work. So once this happens, you have to drop everything and go to the hospital right away. The kidney is basically on ice and they need to perform the surgery as quickly as possible and get the new kidney into the new body. So at the time, I didn't have my driver's license yet. Both my mother and father were working. So I was freaking out, like, how am I going to get home? And sure enough, my best friend Ryan just so happened to show up at the grocery store I was working at. He needed to pick up some things, so I was able to ask him for a ride back home. So I was able to get to the hospital on time and have the surgery. Now I'm going to kind of skip ahead in the story. I plan on talking about where the kidney came from and how all that happened uh, in a different podcast. I want to kind of delve even deeper into that. So for now, let's just skip ahead to the next part. So at this point, I'm transplanted. Life is good. And then we fast forward to about six years. This brings us to 2020, which obviously 2020 was quite the year for everybody. Obviously, the pandemic happened and that affected everyone in some sort of way or another. When you get transplanted, you're given a lot of different kinds of medication. One of those medications that you're going to be taking is anti-rejection medication. The reason you get that is, incredibly enough, the kidney you get knows it's in a foreign body. So it's constantly trying to reject and not work because it knows it's not in its original host body. So anti-rejection medication is something you have to take for the rest of your life. Uh, and also, these medications cause your immune system to be suppressed, immunosuppressant drugs. So it's very easy for someone to get sick. So having a compromised immune system with a virus going around that no one knows anything about is pretty scary. And on top of that, I was working at a hospital at the time. So I was very susceptible to potentially getting this virus. And that was really scary for me. Now, what I'm about to say next is pretty much the direct reason why I started this podcast and why I am where I am right now. So because of the virus, people, you know, weren't allowed to go out or do anything. And it was six years after I had been transplanted. I had been feeling pretty good and there was absolutely no problems. So I didn't schedule an appointment with my doctor for quite a while. So that's where things got really messed up for me. Without getting uh, proper blood work, undetected, my transplanted kidney had started failing on me. And I had no idea this was happening. Uh, one day I woke up and just started having these problems with my legs. Uh, I wouldn't say it was really pain, more they were they were just giving out on me and i remember one day i just fell down i didn't trip over anything or stumble in any way my legs just gave out on me and i said hey that's not normal that shouldn't be happening 
So I went to the hospital. And when they took blood work, they said, well, it's actually your kidneys. They're failing. So the transplanted kidney I got was failing on me. Uh, you know, I was so young when I got my first transplant. I was so happy to just be done with it after, you know, being born with this and having to get so much blood work and all these crazy things. When I got transplanted, I thought that was it. I thought it was over. And then I found out that kidney transplants don't last forever, whether that's a deceased donor or a live donor. They just don't last forever for whatever reason. And I didn't know that. I didn't take the time to Google search that. I thought I was going to be okay forever. And when the doctor told me that my transplanted kidney was failing, I couldn't believe it. I was in total shock. I never once missed taking my medication. Up until the pandemic, I had been going to see a doctor regularly. I didn't think, you know, I was doing anything wrong to affect it. Uh, what they told me was basically that maybe because I was so young, my body was constantly trying to fight it even all these years later, and it finally won. I'm not really sure, uh, but that was, that was a pretty scary moment. So the doctors told me when they took the blood work that the phosphorus in my body was super high and my blood was super toxic. Uh, the reason my legs had given out on me is, other than my kidney issues, I was pretty much very healthy otherwise, so the fact that I was so young and healthy, they said my body was so strong that that was kind of its way of telling me something was wrong internally with me when my legs gave out. It was a signal. Uh, so I, I had never been on dialysis before, as I mentioned earlier. I ended up in the ICU and they had to put me on dialysis. Uh, they had put a catheter in me and I started dialysis for the first time. After my first couple rounds of dialysis, I got removed from the ICU and brought into a normal room in the hospital, but I still was in the hospital for about three whole weeks. There was hope the original kidney could be saved, and then ultimately they decided that wasn't going to happen. I was devastated. The idea of having to do this all over again. and. Right away, I knew it was going to be way worse this time. Having to be on dialysis, now I'm an adult, so getting a kidney is not going to be easy. And just, again, starting all over again. I had, I, I had felt like I just finished this, even though it was six years ago. I was hoping to, you know, never have to deal with something like this again. And now the process starts all over again. Now, all of this probably wouldn't have been avoided if I had gone to the doctor, but for sure it would have been caught a lot sooner and would have been a little less harsh on my body. Uh, not only did I end up on dialysis this time, 
But however long this was festering within me before I, I had gotten that blood work, uh, it affected my body in, in more ways than just one. So not only was I dealing with a, a failed kidney yet again, uh, the, the toxicity of the blood got so bad that I ended up getting nerve damage and having to do eight months of physical therapy as well. Now, obviously, I'm no doctor. Uh, I, I might be explaining this wrong. I'm not 100% sure if it's because of my blood becoming toxic. Uh, even the doctors themselves weren't exactly sure what was wrong with me. Uh, when I initially left the hospital, they told me that the issue with my legs should get better and I should be able to walk fine. Uh, but then as a couple months went on, the legs were not improving. They were not getting better. Uh, I was still receiving my dialysis treatments weekly and my, you know, kidney problem was getting under control, at least, you know, as best as it could. I was on dialysis, but, uh, they, they weren't sure exactly why my legs were still not feeling great. Uh, they initially said that it was nerve damage then they thought that maybe it was something called CIPD which I can't even remember what that stands for uh, and basically they they came to the conclusion that when my kidney failed it you know caused this nerve damage to happen and I had barely any feeling in my toes and feet and my legs I wasn't walking correctly and it took eight months of physical therapy. Plus, I would have a nurse come to the house uh, once a month for six months. And she would administer through an IV this immunoglobulin. It's uh, IVIG is the abbreviation for it. And basically that was uh, supposed to help subside what I was feeling from this nerve damage. Now that I've completed my physical therapy and my IV treatments, I wouldn't say I'm 100%, but I'm pretty close to being back to normal. The doctors were saying when it comes to nerve damage, you never really know how much you're going to get back. Uh, I'd say I've gotten back enough to where I could do pretty much everything that I want to do or that I was doing before this happened. Um, so now, here we are. Uh, I'm still not back to work yet. Uh, I'm still on dialysis. However, I switched over to at-home dialysis. Uh, so I had to get another surgery, but it wasn't that big of a deal. And it made a huge difference for me because hemodialysis is very tough. It takes a lot out of you. Um, you know, I felt really weak. You had to go there three times a week. There was absolutely no one else there my age. Everyone was older. So th this is how I know me being a younger person dealing with this is definitely a bit of an anomaly, but I know I'm not the only one. 
And, and there it is right there. That's, that's why I feel like I started this podcast is I've been going through all this crazy stuff my whole life dealing with this kidney. And, you know, when I went into that dialysis center for the first time and I saw nothing but older people, I said, you know, I can't be the only one my age going through this. And this is very difficult. So I wanted to, you know, try to reach other people my age that have this same problem as me. When I got transplanted the first time, the surgeon actually told me a story about how he transplanted a man seven different times. Uh, so, you know, now that I know the difference between a deceased donor and a live donor, I'm definitely going to be looking for a live donor because they say that those last way longer than deceased donors, but that's still not the end game. Uh, like that man who got transplanted seven times, uh, they don't last forever. And especially someone like me who's so young, even if I find a live donor, I may have to go through this again. Uh, so, you know, it, it's a long journey, but um, I'm ready to uh, be a part of this community and, and put my story out there. And hopefully uh, this can kind of give people an idea of what I meant by telling their story. Everyone's story is different and hopefully other people will want to share their story because uh, I'll admit that was pretty difficult for me to do to say out loud like that. Well, I think that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you guys so much for allowing me to tell my story and get that off my chest. Please go follow me over on Instagram and also on Spotify. If you follow on Spotify, you'll be able to get notifications when the latest episodes drop. I also just made an email for the podcast. It's donatingstoriespodcast at gmail.com. So please email me or DM me over on Instagram. I would love to hear your stories and get your stories out there for you as well. Or if anyone just wants to come on the podcast to talk about anything related to this field, you know, kidney transplants, kidney disease, and things of that nature. Uh, I'm also working on trying to get the podcast on other platforms as well. So uh, be sure to look out for that just in case Spotify isn't your preferred uh, podcast listening destination. Thank you guys so much, and I'll talk to you next time.